So we're going to talk about giving. We're not going to talk about giving. Everybody's like, oh, God, here they go again. They're going to talk about money. But um, I, what Jeremy was saying is so true about money. You know, money is so close to our hearts because it's our, it's our every day. You know, am I going to have enough money to pay the rent? Am I going to have enough money to pay the bills? Am I going to have enough money to send my kids to college? Am I going to have enough money? And it just goes on and on and on. And it's every day, every month. And um, Lord really wants to set us free in the area of money. Um, because his will, his bill, right? And he had a lot to say about this. And so I want us to try to learn a new way about how to do life when it comes to the area of provision and the things that God wants to give to us. Because we're, we're not called to be beggars, but we're sons, right? And he said, don't ask me for what you need. I already know what you need. And so it's like, okay, well, <clears throat> how does that work? And so I want to um, try to uncomplicate some of it for us. Um, and I'm going to give some testimonies. I'm just going to really kind of talk from my heart today. Um, you know, John and I used to base our giving on our budget. Like, well, this is how much money we make, and so therefore, this is what we have left over, so therefore, this is what we can afford to give. <clears throat> but I don't, I don't do that anymore. We, that's not how we live. Now it's like, God, uh, here's, here's everything that you've given to us. God, how much of this will you let me give away? And I, know, I don't look at my budget at all when the Lord says, hey, I'm going to let you give. It's really a privilege, and it's, like, it's, it's actually an opportunity for me to get a reward. So whenever he says, I want you to give, and especially like Jeremy said, when you want me to give sacrificially, then that's even more exciting because it's the widow's might. It's the thing that cost me something to give. And when it cost me something, there's a sacrifice involved in it. And where there's a sacrifice, there's going to be a reward. And so I don't, I don't look at giving the same way. I look at giving as an opportunity to now uh, advance the kingdom. Not just um, advance the kingdom for you, but advance the kingdom um, in, in my own life. That I'm actually growing, expanding, and, um, and going deeper and wider in love. And, and then I get, to, I get to bless someone else. I mean, the power of the purse is so huge. Have you ever given money to your kids and, you know, like when they didn't expect it? And how much it means to them. They're like, I can't even believe you gave it. And it could be just $100. You know, I'll just surprise my kids every now and then, and I'll just send them a check. You know, I'll just, you know, be praying, and the Lord's like, you know, there's a need here, and I'm, I'll just send them a check. And again, I don't look at how much money I have. I just look at the opportunity I have to give. And they'll call me up in tears, just being like, Mom, you don't understand how much this blessed me. Or a stranger. And, and I'm sharing these things with you, and, and even though these things, a lot of these things are done in secret, I'm sharing these things with you just to share a lot of, uh, of the testimonies that I have around the area of money. But, but just the times that, that, that money's been given to me, there was a time when I didn't have a car. I mean, the car that I was driving, guys, <clears throat> it was so bad. It, it, I had to sell my car because we didn't have any money. And so... 
the I, I I didn't have a car for a while, and then uh, Bliss had her accident, and I got her car. But her car uh, had a broken windshield, and both of the airbags had broken out, and the 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 uh, the. Uh, dashboard was broken the radio didn't work the side had been hit so you couldn't uh, oh, oh like roll the window up so when it would rain it would just rain in the car and um so you couldn't really get out that door very well so it was like Arr. so anyway it was it was a bit of a challenge because i went from <clears throat> you know a really nice car to this car and um and i i remember going to pick up um samuel at school and he was an elementary school at the time and I'm in the carpool line and um, and a young boy came running up to my car and he stops at my window and he looks at me and he said oh I'm sorry I thought you were my maid and I'm like awesome <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with being a maid but for me it was like okay good <laughs> And so um, I, I really wanted another car. And, this is, and a car is a big deal. Can we just get an amen? A car's a big deal because that's what you ride in every day. And when it's just lame, you feel like, God, give me a new car. <laughs> so this is my story. Because, and you probably have your own. But anyway, I, I was a little bit of a Dallasite. And um, so I'd asked the Lord for a new car. And I heard a teaching on giving that really uh, I've remembered ever since and it was just about sowing with intent and and as the Lord calls us to sow and give away that we really say okay Lord I'm sowing unto this and I'm like all right well you know what I'm gonna try that because I would really like to have a car so I sowed and I wrote the date down and I wrote the amount down I sowed uh, $400, <clears throat> which was a lot of money for me because we didn't have any money. And um, But I sewed $400, and I'm like, okay, where do you want me to sew this money? And so I sewed it into um, a missionary, and, um, and I wrote down the date. And six months later, God moved on a couple that gave me a $40,000 car or minivan that was only six months old. It was brand new. And this is a car I would have never bought for myself because I, I mean, you know, uh, but even if I had the money, I would have never spent this much money on a car. And, and it was exactly what I had asked the Lord for. Everything in this car and about this car was exactly what I asked the Lord for. Now, I sowed and I tapped into kingdom wealth. And so I actually, the Lord doesn't always do it by putting money in our checking account, but he does it by taking the, you know, all of this wealth and pouring it out. He'll put it on someone's heart to give you something. He'll put it on someone's heart to send you something. So it doesn't always come in the form of cash. It comes in the form of gifts. Praise the Lord. Now, here's what I want to tell you. I want to really talk to the area of being free in your minds around the area of money because the, the, we're, we've been talking about being taken captive and how Jesus came to set the captives free. But we're like, you know, this thing of money is a constant. And I think it's a little bit more of a constant for men than it is for women. 
Um, but for me, when I used to work, money was the biggest deal in my life because I was raised in a family that money was power, money was influence, and, and money was um, uh, success. And so if you had money, then, then you, you have succeeded and you'll have the approval of my parents and that kind of thing. Well, um, so it was really ingrained in me. So I had a lot of fear around the area of money. So it really took a lot for God to get this out of me. And, you know, it's interesting because his ways are, of course, higher than our ways. And then he does things opposite the ways that we think that they should be done. Because how does he cure us of a fear of money or, 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 or a spirit of poverty? He takes away all your money. Now, that doesn't make any sense to me. You know, it's like, wait a minute, it seems like to me if I have a spirit of poverty or fear of loss that you would want to give me millions of dollars and that would cure me of, the, of my that situation. But, but what happens is that he takes away and, and, you know, everybody's like, oh, it's the enemy. Well, no, it's really not because he, he wanted to set me free and set me captive of, of just being so afraid in the area of money. And now, beloved, I don't even think about money ever, ever. John can tell you. I mean, I'm giving money away and John's just watching it. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I don't care. Money doesn't have a hold of me anymore. And the freedom that comes from that, from not being held captive by stuff and not being held captive by money, you know, it's, it's really been the most, and, 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 and what happens for me is that now I can think about things that are kingdom, not things that are worldly. Because the primary thing that holds us into the world is the thing of money, right? Success, uh, you know, building our own kingdoms, um, paying for our bills, you know, throw it all in there. So I really believe that today the Lord's going to set us free of, of, you know, just that fear of lack and, um, and then really how to be blessed abundantly in the area of money. <clears throat> so there are many needs, but most of us don't know how to understand how to sow a seed. We don't understand how it works. We don't know how to understand how to, how, to, how to go to heaven and get what we need. Because when we have a need, we immediately think, okay, I need to budget. I need to work more, harder. I need to take another job. Well, okay, that's not enough. So I need to take another job. Okay, I need to get up at night and I need and, and I'm worried and I'm anxious and I'm and I and I'm full of fear around the area of money. How am I going to get this? How am I going to get that? How am I going to And most of it has to do with the things that we all have in our hearts anyway. I don't meet very, I meet very few people who are functioning at the level that you're functioning in, in the spirit. And they're like, you know, God's called me to have a $10 million house. I mean, not that it could happen, but mostly it's, it's the, it's the destiny and the calling on your life and the things that God's called you to do. There's a lot of people out here that have been called to missions. There's a lot of people out here who have been called to, um, to build orphanages. A lot of people that are being called to, um, open up houses for those that were taken into, um, uh, human trafficking, you know, I mean, so, so everybody here is carrying something in your hearts and God already knows that because he put it there before you were ever born. So he has a storehouse and an account in heaven for you to fulfill these things. And the key is how do you access this place? 
And it's not that he doesn't want us to be a good steward, but he doesn't want us to work in our own, in our own strength in order to get there. His bill, his will. So my, my, my prayer is God teach us how to participate and access kingdom wealth. If we can get this, then beloved, I believe that, that if we can get this, really even as a body, it'd be like those people have so much favor on them. They have, a, they have an anointing to create wealth unlike any other place. And they're just this little church. But there's so many people that are pulling down finances and money from heaven. And so I want to just talk about that for a minute. Turn in your Bibles to uh, Philippians 4, 14. Philippians 4. Four fourteen. Nevertheless, uh, this is um, Paul talking to the Philippian church. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. And he's really commending them for um, really extending themselves and how they've extended themselves to him in their generosity, even when he wasn't in Philippi. And so he says in, in verse 15, now you Phil, uh, Philippians also... Uh, Know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. So I don't seek. So he's telling them, he's telling them this. I don't even seek the gift that you're giving me, but I seek the abundance that's about now going to be poured out into your account. So that should tell us something. There's an account. Okay. Well, if there's an account, we know that... There's just been a deposit from their, from their generosity. So what happened is when they gave to Paul, it actually deposited something in their account. And if there's an account, we know that there is an ability to make a withdrawal. And Jesus said, don't ask me for what you need because I already know what you need. Okay. So then he goes in and he says, indeed, I have all and abound. I am full having received from whoever. The things sent from you, a sweet smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well pleasing to God. <laughs> and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So he's telling them, listen, everything that you need is going to be supplied because what you've done is you've been a conveyor belt. You've been a conveyor belt of, you've taken care of my needs, meaning you've taken care of the needs of the church so that the church may abound and grow. Therefore, all of this is going to be given back into your account and it's going to be the riches of the kingdom. And so this is all really good news. So he makes a connection between giving and rewards and he makes a connection between giving and setting up this heavenly account. 
<clears throat> See, Jesus tells us, he says, listen, in the, well, not Jesus, the old, in the Old Testament, how many times does it talk about first fruits? First fruits, first fruits. The commandment of God was, listen, I want you to give of your first fruits. Meaning, I want you to give, oh, you know that, that, uh, that beautiful spotless lamb, I want you to give of that. I want you to give your very best, and I want you to give your first. Now, if, if my dad's a, a cattle guy, and he has he's a rancher, and, and so he has a herd, and we'll go out and look at the herd, and when he, when he um, begins to take all of the cows to um, slaughter, what he'll do is he picks out the cows with the spots, and he takes those to slaughter because what he's trying to do is perfect the herd. So he takes out the, the all of the ones with the spots, but what does he keep to reproduce more offspring is the spotless ones. And so when the in the Old Testament, he says, I want you to give me your very best. What it does is it challenges the people of the land, the children of Israel, because they're thinking, but if I give you my best, how am I going to uh, grow my herd? How am I going to, to increase my wealth? How am I going to increase my influence? How am I going to be successful if I give you this? It doesn't make any sense unless you're kingdom minded. And so when he says, I want you to give me your very best, you have to say, okay, I'm going to trust you in this, that then you're going to take the rest and you're going to increase, right? And so it's that seed that he puts his finger on and he reproduces that. In Ecclesiastes 5.19, the word says that he gives us wealth and it is a great blessing to us to participate in the fruit of this wealth. So the wealth isn't just for the kingdom, but the wealth is for us to enjoy. It says that it is a gift of God for us to enjoy this wealth. I don't believe that we are all to be poor, but I believe that, what, what, that the majority of the church is really struggling in the area of finances. And so they hold on to, the, to their lack instead of participating in God's abundance. <clears throat> Malachi, turn to Malachi 3. I think we all know this, but I want to um, read it just for the sake of um, those who will be watching on video. Malachi 3.8, will a man rob God, yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. Meaning for you, it's going to be poured out. And it, there will not be room enough for you to receive the abundance that's being poured out to you. And I will rebuke the devourer on your sakes. How many of you have ever had the devourer at your house? That is a unwelcome guest. I'm telling you, things will start breaking. And it's like, okay, God, when that happens, let me give you a key. You need to ask God when everything's starting to fall apart, where can I give my money away? Where can I sow? Give, tell me how much I can give, God. How much will you let me give away so I rebuke the devourer that has now come to steal from me? 
so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor the vine will fare, fail to, to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And, and all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land. Okay, so I don't know about you, but um, wow, that just fell right into my mouth. <laughs> I just ate the microphone. <laughs> That's what you call being a big mouth. Yeah, there it is. Okay, how's my hair look? My hair look okay? Okay, good. Um, I don't know about you, but I really want people to be jealous over my life in God. And, and it, when people are looking at us and we can't even pay our bills, guess how jealous the world is? Well, they're not. But he said that he's going to bless us abundantly so that other nations and other people see us going, I don't know what you're doing, but I need what you have. And that's not just in the area of joy. That's not just in the area of peace. That's not just in the area of making lots of babies. It's in the area of money. Poor people don't care if you know what you know unless you show them that you care. If we can't start giving people opportunities to get ahead and to hire them and to give them abundance, to feed them, then we don't have anything to say to them. One of, I had somebody tell me that missionaries out in the field are having, they're, they're not having a lot of success because the people in the land are looking at them and they're more poor than they are. And they're thinking to themselves, why would I want to serve that God? He doesn't even answer your prayers. You can't even feed yourself and your family. I'm telling you, beloved, this, there is a key that God has set for us, and we have to understand how to get money out of our accounts and stop begging God for the scraps from his table, but start realizing who we are. I am a daughter. I sit at the table with the king, and everything that is in his house is available to me. And I've begun to walk in this. I'm not telling you something that I think is a theory, but I'm telling you something that I'm experiencing firsthand. I want to tell you, um, let me read this to you real quick. Uh, John 14, 2 says this, and I'm going to read it to you out of three versions. Um, the NIV says this. Uh, John 14, 2, I'm sorry. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? Uh, NASB says this. In my father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. The New, King's James, New King James. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. So he's saying that in God, in Christ, if you are in Christ, then you now have access to all that is in the father's house. And he said, I'm actually going that in the father's house, there are actually many rooms. And all of these rooms are there to provide for everything that you need.
Everything that you need. Now, there are rooms that I, I've been to these places, and there are rooms that you can go, and, and there sitting there is everything that Christ has to say about me. Everything that he has in his heart, all of the good news, everything that I've ever done, he has an opinion and a perspective of love and life and salvation. His words over me are like honey. They are like oil poured over my head. And I, and I, I come to understand the reflection of who I am, you know, as I gaze on him and hear the good report. And then there's a room that I go to that he starts to show me all of the things that he's prepared for me. And then there's a room that I go to where he takes me around and shows me the nations and tells me this is how I want you to pray. And then there's a room that I go to where he, he, he shows me a lot of uh, issues in my heart that are not sanctified yet that I really need to repent of. And then there's the treasury room. It's the place where he keeps all of the silver and gold. I haven't seen any cattle there yet, but I've seen a lot of silver and gold. I've seen a lot of jewels. Now, beloved, this is not new age, okay? This is kingdom. This is kingdom because he said in Matthew, when he was talking and he was saying, they were saying, hey, Jesus, you know, the way that you pray is uh, like, kind of different and we want to know teach us how to pray the way you pray because when the Pharisees pray nothing really happens but when you pray stuff happens you bring something down there's some kind of connection there that you have with the father and so Jesus said this in in uh, chapter 6 verse 7 he says this um and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him. All right, so he says, don't, 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 no vain repetitions, right? He said, don't do that. And then a lot of us have adopted um, the, the Father's prayer, you know, it, here, and they keep saying it over and over like they're reading it. Like, no, no, he didn't tell us, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. He didn't give us this so we could repeat it over and over. He said, this is, I want you to pray this is in this manner, not pray these words. I want you to pray in this manner. So he said this very clearly. He said, oh, okay, uh, there's actually a place in heaven. And I want you to go there and I want you to bring it down to the earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Because I've given you eyes to see now and ears to hear what's happening. And you can go in my father's house and you can get what you need. What do you need? All right. And what is the key to get what you need? And he said, here's the key to get what you need. You have to give and you have to tithe. Of course, there's really, you know, we can get into that. And I did another teaching on tithing. It doesn't actually talk about tithing in the New Testament. Because what he set up in the Old Testament, remember when Jesus, uh, when, the, when the Father set something up in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, it's even more extreme. It's like, hey, okay, I, I don't want you to um, 
commit adultery. Uh, okay, New Testament. I don't want you to look lustfully at another woman because if you do, it's like you committed adultery. In the Old Testament, it's like, hey, I want you to give 10%. In the New Testament, he's like, let me tell you what's going to happen when you give your money away. And you don't have to just give 10%. I'm giving you an opportunity to store up in heaven. And what happens is when you take that money, what does he say about it? He said that seed will be multiplied, right? He doesn't say, oh, one plus one equals two. He's like, beloved, I took five fish and I multiplied it and I fed 5,000. Why? Because I accessed the storeroom in heaven, the place in heaven, and I called those things down and they appeared in the earth. Uh, John and I, of course, and, and, and for newlyweds, let me just tell you how this goes, okay? Okay, there's peaks and there's valleys. Okay, so you go up and you go down financially. You go up and you go down financially. I have not met one person in my life, even millionaires who have just gone like trajectory. I think I'm just going to go up. It is really the goodness of God that we live in the valleys because it teaches us about the nature and the love of God to provide for us with the ravens to provide with, uh, for us, and, and, I, and, and I'm going to tell you some stories about how this has happened for us, and I mean, I'm telling you, this is so exciting to me, and if we can all get this, it's going to be so exciting, okay? <clears throat> okay, so, um, John and I were having a hard time, and it was, it was, um, John had just started his business, and a lot of this was really around the time in the season when John was starting his business, and it took me, it took me seven years to understand the ways of the kingdom and the realm of money. It took me seven years to get rid of um, a spirit of poverty. And so uh, for seven years, we didn't have breakthrough in the area of money, except we began to, he began to show us every month his goodness. Every month he provided. Every month he provided. Every month he provided. And then every month he would provide in a different way. And we thought the next month would come along and we'd think to ourselves, oh, there's no way. There's no way. It's, a, it's impossible that we're going to make ends meet this month because that's the way he did it last month, but we know that's not going to happen again. So then that thing would come up in us where we'd start getting afraid again. And he's like, really? How long is it going to take? Not one bill did we not pay. In fact, in the time that we were in those seven years, John and I were able to get out of debt 100% when in fact, when we'd made all of those million dollars before, we had incurred all of this debt. See, a spirit of poverty will always tell you that no matter how much you have, it's never enough. But a spirit of provision and wealth will actually tell you that I'm free and I just don't need all of that. Okay? So, so John and I, the Lord told us he wanted us to give twice what we were giving. And we're like, ooh. This is back when we were at 10%. And he was like, I want you to start giving 20%. And we're like, okay. We say Yes. And, and so we prayed together, and this is so great. This is why I love marriage, because it's covenantal, and you can pray. And when you pray with your spouse, especially at the beginning of every day, you really set your day up the way God wants it to go. And so we prayed and um, said yes to God. And this was in December. 
and then um, <clears throat> January came, and John's check that he got, which is different every month, was half of what we needed to pay our bills. So whenever you step out and God calls you to do something, typically the enemy will come in and there will be a test if you're going to be faithful, even though the, the, it makes it difficult, right? So the enemy came in to try to tell us, no, well, okay, well, maybe we'll try it the next month. We'll give twice because now we don't have enough. You never decide on what to give based on what you have in your account. Ever. When God says give, you just give. And then watch God move. I'm telling you, I've seen the greatest miracles with this philosophy, which is kingdom philosophy. Okay, so anyway, so we're like, huh. Okay, so we wrote the check. We stuck it in the mail because we didn't want, we wanted to do it right away. First fruits, the very best, and we didn't want to even wait for Sunday. We just wanted to be obedient to the Lord. We prayed over the check. We put it in the mail. And so that night, I was doing laundry, and, I, and it was a Sunday night, and I realized that um, uh, Samuel's pants had really gotten short. You know, kids, they grow fast. Anyway, um, I don't know if y'all seen him lately, but pff, come on. Um, anyway, his pants had gotten really short, and I was like, dang, high waters, you know? And uh, kids at school are going to make fun of you, but I thought, okay, we're on DEFCOM 5. I cannot spend a dime, and we're eating rice and beans, and da da da. So I'm like, okay, this is. Um, I, I'll just have to wait until next month. Maybe I can afford to buy him another pair of jeans. So that night, I said, Samuel, put your put, take your pants off so I can wash them and dry them, and then you can wear them because he only had one pair. Okay, so I, I I take the jeans out of the washing machine, put them in the uh, dryer um, that night. I dry them overnight. I open up the dryer that next day, and, and what I see are two pairs of jeans. One pair is the pair that he had been wearing that was too small. It was actually a size 8. The other pair was the exact same jean, except it was a size 10. So I, of course looked around and thought, somebody has been in my house. Like, you know those elves that made shoes overnight? I'm like, so, you know, you, you go through your mind, and I'm like, so I'm like, okay, I know, because I only washed that one pair. It wasn't like I had lots of clothes in there, and so I'm thinking, did somebody come to the house that was Samuels that left without their pants on? <laughs> they couldn't have happened because he went to bed, I washed him, it was overnight. So all of that to say, that pant materialized out of thin air. Out of thin air. And it was the exact pair that was his favorite pair. It was the exact same color. It had never been worn before. However, there were no tags on it. But I mean, come on. Thank you, Jesus. I'm telling you. When you are obedient to do what God's called you to do in the area of finances, you don't have to worry. And by the way, we did not miss one bill that month. We did not go without food that month. We had plenty of money that month. And I can't explain to you how that's even possible. Because the math doesn't work. But in the kingdom, the math works. What happened there? 
God bound up and threw that devourer into the pit and said, you will not touch them and I'm going to bless them abundantly. Yeah. All right, y'all have time for one more? Yeah. All right. So again, we're in one of those positions. John goes, you know, I think you should tell them that I actually do make money between all of these dips. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, so there was this uh, one time when he had lost a job and, I, and Samuel was a baby and uh, he was still on a bottle. And I mean, we, were, we, were, we had no money left no money left and he had just gotten a job but it was going to be another week before we got a paycheck and you have to understand we don't ask people for money we don't tell anybody about our situation none of that it's like god is either who he says he is or he he's a liar right and he said i will provide for you he didn't say go to your dad and ask your dad and i and and so i'm like god you are my father in heaven and you I know that you are going to provide for me and they're going to care for me okay all right so I um, had bought a, some plants because we were selling our house and I bought some plants and one of the plants died and I knew that I could get it was a $25 plant and I knew that I could the policy was you can take these back right but I didn't realize so I go there at 5 at 9 a.m. I didn't realize that that when I got up to the cash register I was thinking I was going to get $25 to go buy food and, and buy uh, milk for Samuel I had no idea that it was a no it that was a no cash back policy and all I could do is get a credit so yeah I've got a credit to the, the plant store and so I'm so discouraged and I'm like all I could pray was um, God I, I love you I worship you and and you're good you're always good and so I go back to my car and there's nobody in the parking lot because it's a 9 a.m. on like a Wednesday or something nobody in the parking lot there's not been anybody in the parking lot I go to my car and and on the ground right before my car door is a hundred dollar bill just sitting there out of nowhere the ravens will feed you so now this is what I do here's the key God said I'm going to release my dreams and my visions and those visions are a pathway into this place And so I go to prayer with the purpose of asking God to let me have and let me have access to this storehouse, into this room, into this treasury room. And there's many other doors. I, I go to the uh, other rooms as well. And the thing is, is that you have no control over this. It's not manipulation. It's nothing. It's not, you, you know, you want to think it's imagination or it's, it's, it's something else. There's n when you get into the place of prayer and you've submitted yourself to God and you enter into the place of thanksgiving and praise, you don't have to worry about the enemy coming and tricking your mind because you've just been sprinkled by the blood of Jesus. And so I go to that place and I say, God, I love you. I worship you. And I just sit there and I say, and, and I just let him lead me to where he wants to take me. And typically, and everybody will have their own road. Everybody will have their own pathway of where God takes them and how he takes them there. I'm just going to share with you my pathway. 
I go and typically he will take me into his heart. And there's a place in his heart. It's almost like a little apartment. It's like a cave. And it has designer pillows and everything. And it has jewels that hang from the ceiling. And it's, it's, a, it's a cavity within him. It, I go into Christ and he envelops me in that place. And I sit there with him and I ask him and there's a door on the other side of his heart. And, and, I, and we just hang out in his heart for a while. And then I just ask him, can I go through that door? And he'll either say yes or he'll say, no, I want you to hang out here with me. And, and, and which is fine too. But then I'll go through the door and I'll ask him, God, can I go to the treasury room? And he'll either say yes or he'll say, not now. And, they, and so I go up to the treasury room and I look at it and the door, I just open the door and I go in and he tells me this is what to do in that room. He gives me the instructions and I do what he tells me. And then I take it and I bring it back down to earth and within one week to two weeks, I have breakthrough in my finances. I will either get a large check in the mail, I mean like large I'm talking about tens of thousands of dollars or something similar to that will happen. Now we had some friends that were having a really hard time financially. And they came to us and they said, you know, we're really hurting bad. Our family's hurting. We don't have enough money for food. And we said, okay, well, Let's go and see what the Lord has to say. Let's go to heaven. And they're like, okay. So we just asked the Holy Spirit to come and, and said, God, show us his storehouse. And the short of it was the Lord showed us through the vision that they had not been tithing. And when we shared this with them, they got really upset with us. They were like, but it doesn't work. Tithing doesn't work. I've tried it. It doesn't work. And we said to them, the word of God does not return void. Every word is true and amen. And you can take that to the bank. <clears throat> so they took that as a word of the Lord and they went back and they wrote their tithe check and it came at a great expense to them because they didn't have money in their budget to tithe. Every cent they had was, was taken. And so they wrote the check and they were like, God, we just believe you. The next day, the next day, his boss called him in and gave him a raise. Beloved, I'm telling you, we are in the days of increase and answered prayers. These places are in Christ and you have access to every house, every room in, in his father's house, in his name. You have access to every room in his house. 